Prepare your heart to be moved by God through the preaching and teaching of His Word as delivered at Truth Gatherers Dream Center Church. We're still in our series Winning in the Crisis, but I want to dig deeper into wholeness. Last week I began to minister about wholeness is everything. Everybody say, is everything. That means every aspect of your life, when Jesus had declared to the woman with the issue of blood, go in peace and be may hold that prophetic word of decree, not spoke, not only spoke to the healing she had just received, but it spoke to every ounce of her life, every aspect of her life that was somewhere on hold because she was dealing with the matter of issue of blood. Same thing that God repeats or Jesus repeats in John the 8th chapter. And I want to study some parts of this today and give you some of the things from there. And I got another scripture. We'll see how this thing flows. But he says to the woman um, who's caught in adultery, and I'm going to go backwards, but let me go forward first. He says to this woman who's caught in adultery at the very end of everything, his last words to her is, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Uh, that phrase matches up with the same phrase with the woman with the issue of blood. Wholeness represents holiness. It means being satisfied with him, nothing missing, nothing broken. In him I live, I move, I have my being. And so I believe God has put something in our spirit that makes us live in this season and go after our covenant inheritance to live, first of all, like covenant people and to have covenant blessings, all right? So I'm not just putting emphasis on just the spiritual qualities of life, the moral qualities of life. My emphasis is on everything. Wholeness is everything. God wants you to have it all. Every ounce, every penny, every dime that's assigned to your person God wants you to have every person that God has assigned for you to impact every place that you're designed to be God wants you to have it all the character the fortitude everything it takes to live and pursue your destiny all right and so our focus was last week wholeness is everything and we use the phrase within it, go for the gold, go for the gold. Now today I want to kind of get dive into some technicalities because I still have to deal with deliverance. I have to deal with it, all right? Jesus prophesied and I've been using the tool that God has given me a prophecy because he used prophecy to make people aware that they have destiny. All right. He's been using that. He used it with the women of Ursula blood coming out of a dry place, uh, fighting for her destiny. She needed to be reaffirmed and to know that she was a daughter. And he uses prophecy to bring her into awareness of who she is. He does this thing also for this woman here who's caught in adultery. And I'm going to try to teach a few things here to help unravel. Uh, certain things about deliverance and here here's my focus today it's called the truth and lies about deliverance the truth and lies about deliverance we got to talk about the truth and there are some lies that's being told about deliverance and I got to teach this so some of you can gravitate towards your wholeness I got to teach this um, we see in John 8 which is our focus to start here um, that Jesus, and remind you, Jesus is brought this woman who is caught in what they say is the very act of adultery. 
He's, they bring her at a time where Jesus is teaching and they test him because they want to trap him with the law of Moses. Because Moses' law said anybody caught in adultery should face death. All right, should be stoned and face death. And so Jesus is put in this predicament on what he's going to do with somebody who is caught in the act. I said on last week that our generation in our world lets you know that I got receipts. I know where they were, when they were there, how they did it. I got pictures. I can show you I got receipts. And so we live in a world that seeks to prove where people were and where they were not. These people do the same. They say this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. And I wanted to make sure that we understood that although Jesus frees her, we got to understand that of sin in itself is still no thing to play with. And so I want to first start off saying, uh, being caught in sin, you got to listen to me very closely, being caught in sin is definitely not the best thing that can happen to you. All right, it's not the best thing that can happen to you. For number one, the scripture says the wages of sin is death. So there is a wage or a consequence of sin, which is death. All right, and, and we know that means, first of all, fellowship in the spirit of God. So God gives his spirit to us. And when we sin, we lose or there comes a death or a dying in fellowship with God. All right. And so sin disrupts fellowship with God. Ephesians 4 and 30 says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by whom you are sealed until the day of redemption. So this woman is caught in sin and Jesus deals with her accusers. But let's understand he is not condoning or ignoring her sin. So I want you to understand that sin being caught in sin is not the best thing that can happen to you or something that you should lightly ignore because it does have consequences and it does disrupt fellowship and it grieves the Holy Spirit. Now we understand grieving in a natural sense or an emotional sense through our own lives. We have lost things, people, loved ones, and they have hurt our hearts dearly. We've been broken by that. We've had to take time off from work. We've had to spend time walking in the park. We've spent time to ourselves. We may even have to go to a counselor or get therapy to help us with loss because certain things could be traumatic when you have lost something and you begin to grieve. So we now need to be able to transfer what we understand when we grieve to what the Holy Spirit, which is a person, right? We don't call it a it, it's he, the Holy Spirit, what he deals with when we sin. So think about when you were hurt and grieving what you dealt with. Now we have an understanding spiritually of what's happening with God when we sin. When we sin, it's almost like God, the Holy Spirit, is in disbelief, in shock that it is happening. Especially to those of us who know to live right and don't live right. Those who know the word, it's like, have I not been good enough? Have I not saved them time? 
time and time again? Have I not reminded them of their great destiny? Have I not shown them what potentially could and would happen if they continue that life of sin? The Holy Spirit grieves and aches when we sin. Uh, and not that God is sovereign and he don't know, but it's almost like, oh my God, they don't got it yet. They're not seeking it yet. They're not pursuing me strong enough. All right. So of course in our humanity, we deal with more of the guilt and the despair, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, but even God grieves. And many times we have taught about sin, but we haven't taught about how it affects God. God is offended and upset when we sin. So sin and, and being caught in sin is not uh, one of the best things that can happen to your life. It also potentially certain sins are crimes, right? So certain sins are crimes and because certain sins are crimes, you can pay a cost through man and through the law, right? A jail sentence, all right? A speeding ticket, glory to God, help us Lord. And all these other consequences or penalties for breaking a law. So certain sins are also a, 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 also a crime committed. So we can't just think that there are not real consequences to sin. There also is a loss of trust and integrity and respect sometime when you commit a sin with the people you are in relationship with, all right? So there's some loss there sometimes. There's some trust that needs to be rebuilt. There's some integrity um, that may needs to be realigned. So these are things that happen when a person is caught or deal in sin, right? So it's not the best thing that can happen. So being caught in sin is also definitely not the best but it's not the worst thing and I want to say that as I'm gently approaching this it's not the worst thing being caught in sin is also not the worst thing that can happen because in the text this scripture it shows an avenue what happens potentially when you are caught this woman or when you are caught in sin this woman was caught in the very act of sin uh, but they brought her to Jesus and we see that when she is caught Caught, we find out that help is available. So sometimes uh, being caught in a sin helps you find or discover help that you hadn't sought out before. All right. So we don't want to make somebody sin the worst thing that can ever happen to them as if there is not any comeback, as if there is not any renewal or opportunity to get back in the good standing. So even being caught in sin is not the worst thing, all right? And you gotta be careful. I'm in the text and I'm preaching in the spirit realm, all right? You gotta be careful if your life is around people who are accusatory because if they're accusatory only, then sin will become the worst thing you can ever be caught in because they're only accusatory and they don't know salt in life and they don't know what to do and how to get you help out of your situation, all right? And so being caught in sin is not the worst thing because it can reveal that help is available, right? And they, what they do here to start this deliverance, listen, to start and, and activate this deliverance in this woman's life in John the 8th chapter, they activate it by this. I want you to catch it. They activate deliverance and the truth is, 
and the possibility and the availability of deliverance when they bring her to Jesus. The moment they bring her to Jesus, although they are accusatory, although they're looking to kill her, although they're looking for her to potentially get stoned. And listen, they hate, let me tell you, let me slow down. They hate Jesus so much, because you gotta understand scribes and Pharisees weren't really Jesus' friends. But they hate, listen to this, they hate Jesus so much that they are willing to, uh, for a woman to get stoned in order to potentially trap Jesus. They don't even care. Come on. They don't even care. So I don't want you to even think that there are people who may see you caught in something. They'll take the technicalities of your sin just to doom you in or to doom somebody else in. And they don't really care about your soul and your destiny. These scribes and Pharisees don't care that this woman caught in sin has a soul. They don't care at all. They, but when they bring her to Jesus, I got to mention this because Jesus is the gateway. Jesus is the door of deliverance. Come on. He says, come unto me, all ye who are heaven laden. He says, John in 10 and 10, the thief uh, comes not but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and that more abundantly. So the moment they bring her to Jesus is the moment of turnaround for deliverance. This is important to any sin or issue a person is dealing with that Jesus is the point, the entryway, the door, and the gate for deliverance. And when the moment they bring her to Jesus, things turned around. She finds out that help is available. All right, they find out help is available. All right, so this, let me tell you, I told you it's not the best thing, but let me tell you the worst thing related to sin. It's not being caught, it's being stuck. Being caught in sin is not the worst thing. The worst thing is to be stuck in sin. Being stuck in sin is the worst thing. It means you no longer have a struggle. Mean you no longer wrestle with the fact of doing good and doing right. You don't wrestle with it. There's not a voice in your ear anymore. There's not a conviction that comes upon your heart. You sin with ease. You sin boldly, proudly, and nothing is stopping you from that road that you're on. That's the worst thing. It's not just being caught in it. Uh, that's not good, but that's not the worst. The worst is anybody ever get stuck in sin and no longer has a conviction to change and no longer have a struggle to say this ain't right I gotta better myself I don't belong here I don't belong with those people at the moment you lose that awareness oh red lights gotta go off in a big way because now you're gonna become stuck in what you're in when you have accepted and it's settled that you cannot change and don't want to change the moment you've accepted and settled that I can't change and you don't want to change that is the worst thing as it relates to sin alright that's the worst so it's not being caught so I wanted to sap out the energy of the oohs and the ahs to everybody who got caught I wanted to sap it out ooh ah so and so got caught alright so and so got exposed alright but the worst part of that whole situation is if they get stuck in it that's the worst part uh, so what happens in the moment when we recognize we have sin in our lives there comes an answer or there comes an opportunity to say do we want out do we want better can we improve ourselves can 
Jesus help us the answer is yes all right and so uh, that's why we must celebrate the whole turnaround of the prodigal son when he comes back home to his daddy that whole that in between place when the Bible says uh, about the prodigal son it says he says he came to himself see 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 the, uh, see sin will knock you out cold sin will knock you out make you numb to the presence of God make you numb to what God wants and when you start getting numb to what God wants I don't care what people want let me talk here because there there's this thing in life and the thing in culture and worldly culture where there are certain sins which are acceptable there are certain things that culture says it's okay to do if you start believing here we go the lie the lie the lie that comes from the world instead of the truth that comes from the word you'll get stuck in your sin and, and I'm afraid of, that I got to help Christians battle for their moral conduct and help Christians battle so we won't be listening to the world tell us what Jesus can't deliver us from hallelujah glory to God and Jesus knows he can deliver us from everything that's why we celebrate the awakening of that son that prodigal son that prodigal son that came to himself so when he comes home there's a big celebration you know why because this is somebody who we got in sin walked away from the father but didn't get stuck now let's go ahead and praise God that we didn't get stuck I didn't say we didn't we didn't sin I said let's praise that we can get stuck come on let's praise him right now we're not praising him because we did not sin we sinned we've wronged God before but we want to thank God that we've been able to come to ourselves have an awareness and an awakening and recognize that God is for us and we can overcome that all right but if the lie ever get to you let me tell you something if you ever believe the lie the, the lie will cause you to be stuck in your place of sin stuck in your place of sin and in these verses of scripture I want to show you how even Christians get stuck and don't get deliverance so I'm gonna show you right now cuz I'm gonna show you you're gonna bear witness to me you're gonna bear witness to this what I'm gonna say right now let's go right here verse 6 uh, John 8 verse 6 I'm gonna show you this John 8 verse 6 and verse 7 it says, and this they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. All right, trying to accuse Jesus. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto, and said unto them, he that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Let me pause. This is one scripture where a whole bunch of uh, uh, Christians are stuck. When somebody get caught in sin or sin happens to someone, there are many Christians who repeat this verse alone. They only repeat this verse. This verse is true, but it's not the conclusion of the woman's story. Jesus was now talking to the accusers and the people who didn't care for her destiny and so it is true he that without sin let him cast the first stone and we got a lot of Christians a lot of us who have not grown into spiritual maturity because when sin happens the only thing we repeat is this verse we repeat this verse we know it we pull it out it's the first verse we pull out when somebody's caught in sin we got two verses I'll give you the other one but the first 
one is heated without sin, let him cast the first stone. It's true. It's true. We're not, well, we'll, well, we'll throw it out fast, man. We live with those things in our pockets. It's going to be our first scripture we throw out. And I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying that we have not matured in the faith. We have not matured in deliverance because that's the only thing we quote. And if you hang around people who only quote that scripture, you're going to end up being stuck or you're going to be habitual in your sin because all they keep saying is he that without sin cast the first stone. And that's not the whole entire story. So if you want deliverance in your life, listen here, not only are you to receive forgiveness, but you are to receive deliverance. This is forgiveness in act. This is Jesus telling the accusers, back off her. Get off of her. I'm going to forgive her just like I forgave you. Back off her. Stop acting like you ain't committed no sin. Back off her. I'm going to renew her and I'm going to build her up. Back off her. I'm not going to condemn her. So he backs away the accusers. But as a mature Christian that's going to receive everything that God has for you, we must attend and we must contend for deliverance. And it's in the other verses where he says, go and sin no more. We don't repeat that many times as Christians. We only talk about the first part. And I understand because we got so many haters in this world. We got so many people. I got to stay there for a second. We got so many people who act like they never done nothing. Never been nowhere. Never thought nothing. And y'all understand that all sins don't manifest with an act. Don't you understand that sin could be in your thoughts? <laughs> Don't you understand jealousy is a sin too? And jealousy could be just a feeling you have. Uh, that's sin too. That's sin in you. Now you ain't acted out yet, but it's in you too. So don't act like all the sin uh, 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 it has to be manifested. Uh, so a heart, a bitterness can become sin. Alright? So don't, don't, don't act like that. Don't, don't act that. Being overjudgmental and critical that becomes sin. So don't, don't act like it's all about the actions. And some people act like they haven't sinned because they hadn't got caught, right? And so sometimes we judge people harder because they got caught from the one that never got caught. See, 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 you wrong. See, you you definitely don't understand deliverance. You're definitely about to get caught up in the lie of the devil because you're hard on the person who's caught versus the one that you ain't even know what was going on or other people that didn't know what was going on. And then people who had the, this is the shame. This is what, this is why we should be merciful because many of us didn't get caught. And because you didn't get caught you should be merciful when somebody else is getting caught you got the nerve to run your mouth about somebody else's sin and them getting caught and you just the reason you can hold your head up in society because you did the same thing but you didn't get caught there are times when people sin and get exposed you ought to shut your mouth you ought to be quiet and say lord well it could have been me lord you could have you should y'all ain't saying nothing god you could but thank you See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Yeah, see what I'm saying? So sometimes you even get hushed mouth when other people fall. And I understand that first part. He that without sin, but I want to move you forward to what Jesus is trying to move us into, wholeness. He that without sin uh, cast the first stone, one part, but we must mature into this other part is this decree to live towards the standard. All right? And so the only way we can do that is we got to stop believing the lie. Say, don't believe the lie. I got to get out of here. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. First uh, Corinthians. I want to read this. First Corinthians. And I'm going to pray. I'm about done. It's too much for me to deliver all of it. Let's go to first Corinthians six. First Corinthians six. And I'll pick up on this later about the lies. But I had to show you the truth. Jesus, the door. Don't believe the lie. 
The lie is that you're always going to be in the state that you always have to be forgiven for the same thing. That's a lie in the Christian faith. God wants to mature you and grow you and give you self-control. God wants to help you through the fruits of the spirit. That's what the, the, the spirit bears fruit. Right? So you can grow and mature in the spirit. All right? Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9 through 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Excuse me, Sister Trace. I didn't tell you New Living Translation. But I, it's a little more um, amplified and a little more clear. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 11. I'm about done. I feel the grace lifting off of me. God saying pick up the rest up later. But I got to set this foundation because some of you are going to go for the gold. You're going to stop giving yourself that first excuse that I make this mistake all the time and God forgive me. I know he does. He's great. I can bear witness of his forgiveness policy as far as the east is from the west. I know it well. Trust me. I, I know it well. <laughs> I know his forgiveness policy well. You can't, you can't, you can't, I know it well. Glory to God. You can't tell me nothing. I know it good. I know it. I know his forgiveness policy so well. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Hallelujah. And I don't back away from it. Hallelujah. I don't back away that I don't know. I know the thing well. I had to use it many times. Hallelujah. As far as the east is from the west. He doesn't remember our sins anymore. Many once I repent, he sees me afresh, covered in the blood of his son. I know this thing real well, but he wants to move us to a place of deliverance. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 11, 9 through 11. Here it is. I'm reading the New Living Translation. It said, don't you realize that those who do wrong sin will not inherit the kingdom of God? Question mark. It is. It is. Don't fool yourself. See, there's a lie out there that make us think we can be living in sin and we're going to inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible said, don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin, live lifestyle of sexual sin, or who worship idols, or commit adultery, or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves or greed or greedy people, thieves, greedy people, drunkards, and are abusive or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is just a, a, a list. It's not really listen, trying to list everything, but it covered enough, right? So he said, I don't want you to be fooled. Those who live these lifestyles, right? So, so. Greedy people, homosexuals, drunks, uh, male prostitutes, commit adultery. All right, and, and so sometimes you read the word, people get technical with God and they don't understand. So they read, like I read a New Living Translation, and it says they're male prostitutes, right? So somebody said, well, it don't say female prostitutes. Come on, you don't understand the spirit of the text, what it's trying to say. That's how people don't get delivered because I get so technical with God. Instead of receiving what God wants, they get in the word and say, bye, bye. It's a male prostitute. I can find a scripture now if you if I take a little time. I'll find where he pick up to talk about the women prostitutes. But it just try but people who don't want to cross over into deliverance start wrestling with the word rather than wrestling against the enemy. They fight God. And you can never get free fighting that God wants you to get free. All right, here we go. <laughs> then they feel picked on. They feel picked on. Because they're dealing with something that God want to deliver them from. So they feel picked on. Hallelujah. That's what happens sometimes with the homosexual community. They feel picked on. And sometimes they do get picked on. Because people are hypo hypocritical and they walk in hypocrisy. Because they'll preach on homosexuality but they don't preach on nothing else. 
or they'll preach a 10, re- 10, a 10 series message on why house homosexuality is wrong, but they don't do a two-piece message on adultery. So it, it seems like there's one sin that we need to talk about and another we don't. So sometimes they do feel picked on because people won't preach about nothing. Nothing else like thievery, greedy, drunkenness, abusive, all right? All those things also are sins and you will not, don't fool yourself. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. Here it is. Here's the freedom. Let's get it. Verse 11. This is one of my favorite verses. You want to ever know one of Pastor's favorite verses? It's right here. I don't like 9 and 10. I had to get out of 9 and 10. I don't like 9 and 10. I had to get out of 9 and 10. Hallelujah. You did too. So don't look at me funny. And don't be wondering which one I was. That's people's problem. They always wonder, which one were you, Pastor? Because I said I was, oh, I can see Pastor. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was a greedy person. He looked like he was a drunkard. Oh, he looked like he was a member. You know how people always trying to talk about, there ain't no discernment. You suspicious. You ain't been under no spirit under the Holy Ghost. You suspicious with your eyes. You don't know nothing. Oh, hush up. We always, I'm glad I'm not in verse 9 and 10. That's all I'm celebrating. See how we get? See how funny we act and we get? See how funny act? See, they ain't got, all right. Verse 11. Let's focus on verse Verse 11, some of you were once like that, it reads in the King James Version, and such were some of you. So I praise God for verse 11. Verse 11 talks about not the, the lie, but the truth. Verse 9 is the lies. If you're not careful, you will live the lie that your flesh tell you. Oh, your flesh tell you good. You was born to sin like this. Oh, you good. This feel good to you. It feel natural. Let me tell y'all something about sin. Hallelujah. Some of y'all uh, come from the old school and you took forever to get delivered. Delivered because you were repeating that testimony that wasn't true. Talking about the Lord delivering you from a miserable life of sin. You know you lying and ain't telling no truth because you enjoyed that sin. And many times when you sin, there's some type of fulfillment to the flesh or to yourself that you get some type of enjoyment to you. Now, if you sin and you get no type of enjoyment out to you, you, you need deliverance for, for real, for real. Because now you dumb and you doing something that don't even give you no type of fulfillment. That's why, I'm being very honest, that's why deliverance is that's why sin is such a trap because there's something in you that makes you enjoy whatever it is. There's something to trap to get stuck in because there is some type of fulfilling to your personality to your flesh, alright? So we've been told saying for years, I thank the Lord for delivering me from a miserable life of sin. That ain't true for everybody. Most of us enjoyed what we were in. That's why it took us so long to get out of it. Because there was some flesh. Y'all ain't saying nothing. If y'all stop acting like you didn't enjoy fornication, it'll help you cross over. Because living holy ain't about what I enjoy. Ain't about what I want, but what he wants. And you can't make the cross roll to give him what he wants if you stop acting like you don't like it. See, I had to admit, I like this stuff. I like this stuff. Some part of me, I like this stuff. And when I admitted that I like this stuff, then I got myself under control, right? Because the moment I was in denial, faking like I ain't like this stuff, I was still hiding away from the door of deliverance, right? To thy own self be true. See, you can't get delivered being a liar. That's another sin that we put up. Lie, lie, lie. Lying to yourself like you didn't like it. No, admit I like what I do, but it's wrong. I like what I'm doing, but it ain't good on please God. And cross that road that I'm not about to live a life pleasing my flesh, right? Right, so that's where I'm at. Verse, verse 11, some of you were once like that. So here's my point. Here you go. I want to say anybody dealing with anything in verse 9 or verse 10, mostly 9 and 10, you can get out of it. Sin will come to trap you to make it. I can't get out of this. You make a man think I've been sleeping around with this woman so long, I can't get out of this. 
I've been cheating on so long I can't get out of this. You can get out of this. Verse 11 shows you that there is a door of freedom. There is a way out. It says, and such were some of you. It means there are people uh, with a testimony who can tell you God has brought them out. They don't have the habits they used to. God has built them up. God has saved them, delivered them, regenerated them. The spirit has made a change. And such were some of you. There are people with testimonies of what God had brought them out of. See, what we need more in the church is real testimonies see we need real testimonies see a church that focuses on deliverance everybody don't fall out when somebody get up and say um, I was committing adultery but God delivered me the church don't fall out because most of them looking at them saying me too but hey glory to God see that's what I'm talking about a church that focuses on deliverance and freedom and we should know deliverance see that's what's wrong with the body of Christ we don't know deliverance so we act like the world when people get caught because we don't know deliverance we don't know freedom but when a church knows freedom they know that the three rows back was a drug dealer on 5th Avenue selling dope running prostitutes but the evangelistic ministry went out there and the brother got saved they know his story they know who's in the church see but see we we can't testify nothing because we still acting like the world how you <laughs> we still acting like the world see we still judge like the world we still act like the world and that's why i said there is a way out there is freedom and such were some of you but you were cleansed you were made holy you were made right with god by the calling on the name of the lord jesus and by the spirit of our god there are truth and lies to deliverance. I'm just starting. But there are truth and lies. The truth is Jesus is the door. He can deliver you from anything. There are lies that will tell you you can't overcome this. You can't get better. Leave this thing alone. Don't even mess with it. Don't even mess with it. Just, he said, just leave it alone. Don't even try to mortify the deeds of your flesh. Don't even try. Just leave it alone. Just live according to fulfillment of your own flesh. Just keep living that way. But I'm trying to tell you that you have to overcome the lie. That you can't be delivered, that you can't be set free. You got to overcome the lie. Because the devil, that's all he does, y'all. Y'all know what the devil does? He lies. He's a liar. First of all, he's the author of the confusion. There's one thing about him. And then the Bible says he's the father of lies. He breeds lies. And you have to accept the lie in order to be stuck. You have to accept the lie. Sometimes the lie is you're not worthy of living a better life. He'll condemn you so much that you don't try to get up. Oh, there's a devil to talk so bad to you about your mistakes. That's why I told y'all, one of the reasons I fought to get out of sin and certain things in my life, because I found out the, the, the devil was nasty. I, I, when I found out that, <laughs> y'all got to pray for me today. This, my message is going on the radio, so I got to, I, I try to course my words, but I, this is what I want to say. That dog, that dog was nasty. When I found out that dog, talking about Satan, that dog was nasty. When I found out how, how nasty he was, he was a dirty dog. When I, I was like, whoa, 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 I got, I got to stop serving him. I mean, my God, I can serve him and he keeps slapping me. I serve him, then he come back and pick at me. <laughs> You're so dumb. <laughs> you knew what was going to happen. <laughs> you done fell for it again. He picking at me. I mean, I just served you. You just use me. I don't let you use my body, use my mind, use my thoughts, and now you taunting me. Wait a minute. Wait, I got to get out of this relationship. I got to get out of this with you. When I found out that's how he operated, I was like, oh no. Oh no. Let me get on God's side. Let me, let me get out myself out of this situation. I'll work myself out of some sins. 
pray myself out of some sins, fast myself out of my sins, change some company out of some sins, told some best friends you no longer best friends out of some sins. <laughs> yeah, y'all think y'all deliver, y'all think deliverance is cute. <laughs> I told some best friends, man, we can't do it no more, bro. What yo, nah, bro. Man, what that mean? Don't call me, bro. Don't call me, man. I ain't rolling that way no more, man. Oh, I understand that, man. You trying to do the God thing? No, I'm doing the God thing. I'm going all the way. You ain't going to talk me out of it. You ain't going to talk me down. You ain't going to make me feel little because I done made a big decision. No, man, I'm good. Well, yeah, man, bye. Gone. Did it. Walked away. I tell her all the time, I don't hide from it. I grew up in the hood. Seen all kind of stuff. Got into all kind of stuff early. Had to work myself out of seeds that the enemy dropped in my spirit when I was five and ten years old. Took me as a grown man to fight those demons that he was and those strongholds he had planted in my life since I was five, six, seven years old. He started early. See, that's why we can't be late in the church. We be talking about getting people saved. They come to the altar. They they 18 years old talking about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They be like, what? The devil been working on me since I was eight. We we start late. See, we start yeah, accepting people into the kingdom. Uh, the devil start early in their mind and their thoughts and dropping seeds. And so I know deliverance. Come on, I want you to lift your hands at home. I'm just opening this thing up the truth and the lies about deliverance. This is the season that we're in. God is trying to maneuver us, trying to position us for renewal. And I got to break some strongholds and thought patterns. That's what I'm about today. Truth and lies about deliverance. I, I just opened it up, gave you a few principles. I didn't get all the way in. But since I have been dealing with John 8, I want you to see where Christians get stuck only saying, he that without sin cast the first stone. And that is true. You can't take nothing away from the word. But let's move to the next verses when he says, go and sin no more. I want you to know that there's help today for your breakthrough. There's help today. This is a time of renewal, recovery. This is a time where God is trying to strengthen people and build up people. And I told you all, and I'm going to keep repeating, this is a time of great compassion. This is a time of great mercy. This is a time where God is stooping down. That's even in the text, John 8, when he stooped down and wrote on the ground. That word stooping down really means grace extended. The word grace means to receive something you were not qualified for. It's when you could not reach up to God, but God reached down to you. Right? And so when he stoops on the ground, it's a measure of grace. And I believe there's a great measure of grace that's coming to our homes and our lives and to many of your lives to recover. To go for everything that God has for you. Today I'm dealing with sin because sin will take you out of your prime time. Sin will take you out of your gifts. Come on, there are people with great influence. Doctors, pastors, leaders, lawyers, known across cities, doing great things until sin takes them out of business. Until sin embarrasses them, mocks them. And they lose influence and they lose what God wants to have for them. But God wants to deliver us. I want you to lift your hands right at your home. We hope you've been blessed by this fresh word from Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. Pastor Joseph Davis and the congregation invite you to join them. You can find more information by following them on social media. Just look up Truth Gatherer's Dream Center Church. And we pray that God will bless you richly and abundantly in the coming days, knowing that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him.